His great house, the home of peace. Thank you for your love. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you for you love us. We thank you for you love us. We give you all the glory, Jesus. We give you all the glory, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for our life, for it's an expression of your love. We say thank you, Father. We give you all the glory. And just thank the Lord for his love over your life. Can you thank him? Thank you because he loves you. For his love is ever faithful. It's ever good. Oh, thank you for your love. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your love. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for loving us, Jesus. We bless you, my Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Glory to Jesus. Good morning, church. How are we today? All right. Um, we're going to do a lot of conversation this morning. It's going to be teaching, teaching within the time that I have. And I trust God will be blessed. So I want to tell the next person to you, ready to be blessed. If the person is not smiling, why telling you? Go and tell another person. All right. So just say the person next to you, if he's a guy, say you're handsome. If he's a lady, say you're beautiful. But please, you are in the house of God. You are in the house of God. You should not lie. You are in the house of God. You should not lie. You are in the house of God. <laughs> so, don't lie. You don't necessarily have to say that. If you feel the person is not, just say glory to God. All right. Let's have a seat. Let's have a seat. You know, there's something about coming to church. No matter how burdensome, I'm talking personally now. No matter how burdensome I am, when I just come around, there's just there's just a way it just lifts off. There's just something about the gathering of these people that takes off some burdens. You know, it shifts my mind. You start thinking about positive things. And it's great to see all of our faces here today. Um, let me appreciate my friend and my brother. Yes. The last time, the last time he was with us, sorry, let me correct that. The last time he was with us, is a brother. But now, he's a mister. I am still a brother. <laughs> you see that he's wearing a suit, and his shoe is also different. It's not the kind of shoe we are wearing. <laughs> it's the shoe of a mister. He doesn't wear socks before, when he wears shoe. He's wearing his socks now. You see, how your life can just change anyhow. Interesting. Adimola Adeloye, thank you for coming out. You know, it's been one of those who, who have been very consistent together for years. Like, if I want to go and teach in a place and I can't go, I know he's going to teach exactly the same thing I'll teach. He's one of my finest, finest companions. And I hope, well, let me talk about that. A lot of things are happening now. Everybody will just chat to By next week, I'll be leaving. I hope you got you got that. By next week, I will be leaving. It is well. We are faithful in Nigeria. We are teaching faithfulness. We, we know unfaithful people when we see them. <laughs> this Nigeria will be great. <laughs> You know? <laughs> Alright, so we have been having a lot of gist around faithfulness and it's been very awesome, you know. We had a good, good session last week. Um, Pastor Abedo took us through and up how week we had Pastor Paul take us through and those were really amazing stuff. I was glad to just sit down and listen to you know, those people, men of God, bless me personally. So, I want to take it further and I'm trying to just enter my teaching spirits now. So that's why I'm taking it. Cool. So once I take flight, just run after me. You know, we started looking at what faithfulness really is when I started the teaching. 
And I want to say why we do this. We are very deliberate about these things. Like we are very deliberate about everything we are teaching here. We are very deliberate about the kind of stuff we look into. Because our focus is not just to do church. And personally, that's my very, very stronger desire. Is that we make a people. So it's not just that you know, we do church, we come, we dance, we sing, we do stuff, and we go. You know, that's not the essence of the church. Now, if it will take you millions of naira to go to school because you want to become a medical doctor, you want to become a lawyer, you want to become this, and when you are in class, you know you are very attentive because you know your your success to become whatever you want to become depends on it. Now, why we come to church is that we may become cultured in the kingdom way. So it means that if I've been if I'm now a part of the church, it means I've been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. So there's a way we behave in a particular kingdom. So what the church does is that it now helps you to start understanding how to live in this new kingdom that you have. So if I'm coming to church and it's just an activity for me, then it means I will not be living in the way I should live. So it's just like somebody who is supposed to be a lawyer and you go to school and you don't understand what you are taught. May they always be carryovers. So that says to me that there are certain levels which you have entered into that we are carrying over because we are not paying attention. So what you hold me when you come to church and sit like this is your attention. So you are not coming to the church to give money, tithe, offering, and all of that. Fine, we need those things to you know, settle things, but we need your attention more. So that when you come to the church, you know that I'm in this place so that I will be formed into something. So I'll be baked into something. And until young people like us start having that knowledge, we start taking the church serious. So because we want to make people feel at home in the church, we want to deviate from some of those standards. So the church is a school. In fact, can I take me said we are not supposed to have Bible schools if the church is doing what the church should be doing. And that was what brought about this Rema Bible school. So that if the church is actually doing what the church should be doing, you should not have Bible schools because the church will have helped you to become formed. That, you know, when people attack you with certain questions, when life... Now, what, what the church does is that when questions come to you, life will be throwing questions to you. As we go day by day, the challenges are questions so you can respond in the kingdom way. So now, you want to relocate to, let's say, Canada. And in Nigeria, yeah, we drive... Right? Left. We drive left. So maybe you get to Canada and you are still, you know, you still struggle because you are used to driving this side. So when you drive on the right, you still struggle for a while. You now begin to learn. That's why you still go to their own driving school. You start learning the culture of Canadians. So when it takes time, so when, when, when things now start coming to you, you now start attending to them in a Canadian way. Now you cannot go. I remember the first time I went on a flight from Abuja to Lagos. I thought it was just a normal mode. So as I entered, I was just like, ah, I will sit beside, because it was my first time, I will sit beside the uh, window. I want to take, you know, I want to take pictures so I can show that, you know, go play and all those stuff. So I was, I just went excitedly. I sat beside the window. I didn't know we sit with number. I didn't know there was number there to see. So I sat down. So this young lady just came. Excuse me, you're sitting where my seat? I was like, ah. Immediately, I just saw that people before they sat, they were looking up. So I was like, oh, they look so immediately. I just ah, we sit with them. I said, I was trying to check something here. I'm sorry. I just I don't like to move like oh more. So there's a way they behave in that place. And there was a man who came in. Immediately he came in. You know, I was a little bit scared. Immediately he just started, he removed something like a locker, he put his laptop, he was typing, he was doing this. Can you give me tea? I didn't even know I could request for tea. So, you know, all of those stuff, because they were used to the culture of that place. They understood how it worked. But me, I was still, till we got to Lagos, my mind was outside. I was just like, God. When I was returning back, the person who books for me said, should I book your flight? I said, no, 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 no. I want to go by road. I enjoy seeing the bush. It's a lie. I was, I was so scared. Because the, 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 the way the whole thing happened, I was scared. But the people who are inside, who were used to it, because they were already encultured in that way, they just knew that when it gets to a certain place, there's a way it waves that you miss. They already knew ahead of time because they were used to it. But because it was my first time, I was just, I didn't even know if I was speaking in tongues. I was so bothered. So you see, 
when you are not cultured, this that should not bother you, will bother you. But when you understand the kingdom culture, that when I enter into the sea, I face stops. Those who are very close to me know, I face stops. But you will never know on the outside. Why? Because we have been trained in a certain way that though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. That's the way of the kingdom. So that's what the church does to us. So when we come to the church, we don't come to just sit, we have fun. No, we come to be trained. We come to be trained. That's what we come to do here. So all of the things we are doing here, we are so deliberate about it. Personally, I am committed to the greatness of anybody who sits to listen to me. Because it's a covenant I have with God. People can't come. It's like God committing destinies into your hands. See, what I'm doing is a communication of spirits. It's not just, you know, people come here, they talk. As you talk and you are hearing me, there's something that is happening to your spirit. There's a transaction in the spirit. So if we are not committed to making sure that your spirit is built, then we are failed in our assignment here. So there's a, there's a way of the kingdom. And that's what we are doing. So we are deliberate about this. And every one of us must take it very serious. So that when, when, when the time comes, when you are faced with things, you can respond the right way. Amen. Amen. So we started talking about faithfulness and, and beautiful converti- conversation last week, description and all of that. I'm trying to see where I'll take it from. I want to round it up. But I want to round it up in a way that we're going to look at the, the, the attitude or let me say, is it the character of faithfulness? You know, last week, Pastor Beldo showed us the three guys and God gave one five talents, gave the other two talents and the other one talent. And um, by the way, we are in the spirit. When I came in, somebody was saying, I'm supposed to wear native today because it's Thanksgiving. And Mr. Timmy was saying, we planned it. Pastor Paul and Pastor Beldo, we didn't even plan anything, you know. It was a coincidence. So I was like, thank God I didn't hear anything. I will have been the Judas. <laughs> so maybe I'll be the one with the one talent. <laughs> but thank God <laughs> I'm with the five talents. <laughs> shared, shared the other two. <laughs> so, so, you know, so we started looking at faithfulness. And now, one of the first things I want to mention this morning that now a faithful servant is not the one who has been given, you know, just a responsibility or a talent. A faithful servant is the one who is found always at his duty post. So, that you have been committed something does not totally describe you as faithful, but that you are found doing that which has been committed into your hands. So, that something is committed into your hands is just like the entry point. But that you are found doing what you are given to do. It's what makes you a faithful servant. Now, if you look at Matthew 24, 45 to 46, let's, let's, let's quickly look at the scripture. I hope my time will be good for you this morning. I'm just feeling to you just, I mean, that teaching you. Matthew 24, 45 to 46. I'm going to read from here to make it fast. So, now, this, is, this was Jesus talking in this scripture. And he said, are you a wise and faithful servant of the Lord? Now, he's asking, are you a wise and faithful servant of the Lord? Have I given you the task of managing my household to feed my children day by day? Now, he asked, are you a wise and faithful servant? And the next question that followed is, have I given you the task and responsibility to do something? So, the next, the next verse now says, blessings on you. If I return, and find you faithfully doing your work. So he was answering the question of who is a faithful servant. He said, if I come back and I find you faithfully doing your work, then that's what makes you a faithful servant. So you see, many of us, and I'm going to bring this into our normal daily life, you know, just like we discussed about career. These are things that are becoming lost in this generation. That you really can't find, you, 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 it's becoming difficult to find people you can trust with stuff. Just because, you know, we just believe anything goes. Now, faithfulness is a very, very critical stuff as you come to the place of both the spirit and the, and, this, and the natural world where you work and all of that. So whatever God has committed into your hands, and one of the, one of the things those, that story of the talent makes us to understand is that, now, he said, the guy who had nothing, he said they should take from the one who has nothing to be given to the one who has five. 
Now the question is, what do you take out of nothing? So how do you take something out of nothing? Do you know what that says to us? You are the one who is believing yourself. You have something. You know, self-doubt, worries, comparison, and all of this life confronts us with issues that you just look at yourself sometimes. I'm not sure there's anything good about me. I think I wrote something on my status last week. There are times you will feel that way. Like, there's really nothing. You know, there are times things will just begin to happen to you. You look as though, am I the only one? This one, I'm trying to get a job. This one happened again. That one happened again. But see, what the Lord is saying to me this morning is that there's something about you. You Some of us look at what some other people are doing, expression of, in fact, even in terms of the spiritual now. You see some people demonstrate some deeds and you wonder, ah, how I wish I can do like this. No, you have your own. So, and the mistake of that guy was in the place of acknowledgement. So, the moment you can acknowledge that you have something, you begin to see multiplication. So, you cannot even be faithful in what you have not acknowledged. So, you must come to that place of acknowledgement that, see, I am more than what you see. Amen. So let me just delve a little into this, into the spiritual now. You know, there are certain gifts. In fact, there are some of us, like was he, Mr. Dotto, we were just in the car yesterday. I was talking about, he said there are some guys, maybe in NYC, fine guy, beards, everything. He said, but when these guys begin to pray, you say, wow. So this guy carries stuff. And that's how we should be. So there are things that have been deposited in you as spiritual gifts. There are things that have been deposited in you that you can do. When you see people walking in miracles now, you know, we had what face at GC yesterday. While the man of God was walking in, you know, some giftings, you know, people were manifesting and all of that. Everything I was looking, I was not, even, I was not excited about those stuff. You know what I was looking at? How is he doing it? People were concentrating on what was happening. I was concentrating on the man. I was so fixated on that man. I was looking at him. Every move. How is he sensitive to these things? How does he raise songs? How does he do this? That's what I was looking at ultra eternity. I was just looking at how did he enter the flow? Because the scripture talks about we are a family. So whatever one of us do, others can also do. So this is common to us. So I begin to look at him. If he can do this, I can do this also. If he can do this, I can walk in this. So how is he walking? I was just fixated on him. I was looking at every of his gesture, the way he was talking, the way he was moving. I wanted to see that if one of us can do this, we can also do these things. So when you begin to see yourself in the light of somebody who has something, you begin to acknowledge what you have. Amen. So next month, we'll be looking at, we'll be looking at call to ministry. And we'll be, we'll be busting some bubbles about, you know, there's this old thing about when you hear ministry, ministry, you just want to think it's about the fivefold. Ah, pastor, me, I'm not pastor, me, I'm not apostle, me, I'm not evangelist, you know, all of those stuff. We're looking at ministry beyond the fivefold for the month. So we'll be looking at how you, as a brother, a sister, how you can work in the ministry. How you will see the ministry that has been committed into your hands. So we'll go deep into that so that you can now use what you have learned in faithfulness to operate in your ministry. Amen. So the first thing I've just said this morning is that faithfulness is actually being found always at your duty post. Now, one second thing I didn't mention the last time I talked was that faithfulness actually produces abundance. Amen. So you have been praying for abundance. You have been praying for stuff. The answer to your prayer is actually in being faithful in what God has committed to your hands. Amen. Amen. Now, every measures faithfulness, not the gift in our hands. So what God is measuring when he's trying to look at us is our faithfulness, not the gift in our hands. Now, you see, those three guys, the one with five talents, was, he said, you are faithful in little. He said, now I'm going to give you many. He said the same thing to the other two. You are faithful in little. I'm going to give you many. But the other guy went to bury his own. He said, what kind of a guy is this one? He said, I know you are a hard man. That was why I went to. Because he was concentrating on what was given to him, on the gift. But God was looking at just his faithfulness. So the measure of your gift does not matter. 
So whether you are given five, two, one, that's not the question. You know, many times when people also talk about these things, we now begin to compare ourselves with ourselves. Ah, this one has plenty. Just like somebody come here now and say, oh, everybody, he just do his hand like this. Just like Ketrin Kuma. In Ketrin Kuma's meetings, there's a, there's a meter you must keep. If you sit so close, you will fall under the anointing. So, and if somebody comes now and does that, ah, you say, ah, this person has five. And if another person comes and is just talking like, uh, what's Baba Adipa life's name? Baba Kumi, now just come in the Lord. This one too late. Because, you know, we, 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 begin, we measure things in that, in our carnal mind. But what the scripture was explaining to us there is about faithfulness, not about giftings. So the talent that was given to them wasn't the issue. The issue was be faithful with whatever you find your hand to. So some of us are workers in the household of God. That's a task. How faithful are you? Now, will God come and can count on you that when I come, I will meet this guy at his duty post. So God, heaven is not so 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 engrossed with ah, this one was able to do. We compare works a lot, and it's our natural mind. It's normal as humans, but we must just bring ourselves out of that stuff. Like I was sharing with the with the, with the verses, the workforce this morning. Our works are different. No, you go to a Chris or Kilomers meeting, you see people crying and falling under the anointing. In fact, there are times when Chris Oyakilomers enters, Pastor Chris enters into a meeting just by entering the room. When he enters, people start because expectations are high. It's faith built. But you see a Bishop Oedeko, he will just be talking, he's talking of faith. And things are happening, but people are not falling down. So, how do we rate the two of them? Bishop Oedeko has five. So, why? Where do we put Pastor Chris? So these things don't work based on those intellects. What God was just looking for is that, as, is this guy faithful in what I have given to him? And now you must, notice, you must notice this about faithfulness. Faithfulness is not in the result you seek. In fact, it's not in what people praise you about. Your faithfulness will be measured by the person who gave you the job. So I wrote, I wrote something about that. Let me not jump. Okay, I said faithfulness is not just by art. It is, both, it is both art and act. Now, you know, many of us, when we are given a task to do, or God commits something to your You see, God sees my heart. Now, faithfulness is not by heart. Because there will be times that your heart is actually, you think, you know your heart is also a product of the information you send into it. So, if your heart has consumed so much of, if you are tired, just rest. Your heart is sincere. Your heart is sincere. But then, when it comes to faithfulness, it's not a product of your heart. It's both your heart and your actions. So, and the person who has given you the job is the one who will measure you. So, how does the person see into your heart? So, your heart and your act must, must sink. Like I shared a, 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 an analogy with them last week. Okay, it even happened we were in the, we were in the studio. We were trying to record for our podcast. And it was, we had finished the podcast recording. It's a video recording. So we're not doing it, just a voiceover. The person who was doing the camera had video on, but it was just the audio we were, we were listening to. So this is my very honorable minister. He didn't know that. So somebody else was showing in the, you know, because it's not video, we wanted to do just audio. So whoever is sitting beside the person doing the audio, it does not matter. So the video, the, the camera was capturing both of them. And he, the person who was doing the audio had done like almost five minutes of all the, now you're welcome to this, you know, voiceover and all of that. And it's just remaining small to finish. My brother just stood up. Ah, she's showing now, she's showing now. <laughs> now, he wanted to help sincerely. Like, ah, this person who is not supposed to be showing in the, he showed, but he didn't know we were not doing video. What we were just doing was the, Audio. And you know how stressful it can be when you are doing a voiceover, you are trying to just make sure you get everything right. Just about finishing, it just starts to go. She's showing now, she's showing now. And that was how he destroyed DOT. I want to start all over. Now, is this sincere? Is his art right? Has his action destroyed what we're doing? But is his art not correct? Now, let me ask you should Uza have died? 
How many of us have read the story of Uza? Who wanted to help the ark? Now, in all sincerity, should Uza have died? Was his act correct? Was his action correct? Those are the things we do many times. Don't you understand? So faithfulness is not a product of just my heart. Like, ah, eh, ah, if you... That, during this week, you know, we had... I, I didn't want to come for a word feast on Friday. I said I was going to do physical. I was going to do online. But somewhere, somehow, I just knew. Something was, some things were going on with me. I needed to just stay off. But somehow, I just started for support. I said, no, it's not correct. I'm in Lagos. My superior, Pastor Tao, is the one I'm representing. I'm serving faithfully in Lagos here. If I was not in Lagos, it could be here. I'm in Lagos. Under no circumstance, would I now say I'm fellowshipping in life? I said I would be there to start. Now, I had a very justifiable reason not to do it. I was not, in fact, funny enough, they now put me in the area for my people to come. I was just like, what kind of a thing is this? I didn't want to come. So, it, would, it, it, it wouldn't see my heart. My own heart, I know I'm justified in my heart. So when you are talking about faithfulness, you are looking at the person who will judge you. You are looking at the person's heart, not your own heart. So, and this comes to the place of even job, our daily job. There are many people on our job, just say, oh, you know this Yoruba age, or Gata, or Gata. As soon as I collect my salary at the end of the month, this one and that one. But there's a place of you coming to know that even my job, it's as unto God, not unto man. Some of us are so like I said, with our jobs, you know, you are you are working and you are doing certain things because you just believe, eh, my boss, you know, eh, this one and that. When I walk anywhere, I want to serve in a way that when I go back, ah, they are saying this guy we used to come and work for us. So there are many times that there are things that they will understand, but I don't want them to understand. I want to do my job faithfully, even when it's not convenient. I was working as the admin of the church in Ibadan that year. And as the admin, I collect the money every Sunday. Then, usually about 100k plus, I go home with it every Sunday. I will go and deposit them for Monday money. Now, there are times I will make mistake. If the offering is 100 and 120,000, and I make mistake, and I say, and I already told my pastor, sir, it's 125,000. And I now go back and count. And I saw that it's 120,000. I will never go back to tell him it's 120,000. You know what? These are, these are risky stuff. It will lead to doubt forever. So I will look for 5,000. But when it is, it is that it is small. That was what Jacob was doing in Laban's house. You didn't read that scripture. When he was talking about when, is, when, is, when, when any animal kills Laban's animal, he said he will work to replace them. Issues of faithfulness are critical. They don't, it's not about how you feel. Issues of faithfulness is about you just want to make sure your master is served. Oh, my master is what I'm looking at. How will my master understand this? You know, many of us work with this attitude of you, you don't know what I'm going through. You don't, ah, I was telling the guys yesterday who, who slept in my house and stuff. We were just just people around here. There are times you preach, you finish preaching, you go and cry. You see, you think all this, all this old you please have faith in the Lord. There's nothing. We'll go back. I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you the truth. Like, the day I was not listening to T.D. Jakes, and he was not talking about those days, that after preaching, he sits back in the church, and he's crying. And one of the members came, who had a problem, and he saw Baba crying. And I said, oh, so T.D. Jakes do cry. Ah, no problem. See, so, you know, all of these things are just to say to you that in season and out of season, you stay. So your service must be about the person you are serving. So, and one of the finest ways to begin to help your faithfulness is when you can serve men that you see here. So, the person who is responsible to you, like, I'm here representing Pastor Kyle, anything I'm doing here is through you. Tomorrow I may not be under person can be here. So if I'm serving him, <laughs> there was a day we went out and we're coming back. I don't like staying around him too much. Because I'm always I protect that relationship so much, like so much. So I don't like getting too 
to familiar, you know. There are times when familiarity causes something. So I'm always like in reference of him. He said, Tell me we are going to my house. I'm like, how should I go to my house? He said, Do you have a wife that will cook for you? You know, so we went to the house. We stayed, we made I just cooked somewhere, I sat somewhere. Will you eat? I was really hungry, but you know that kind of place. He said, No, just I know eat now. Okay, no problem. <laughs> so they brought the food. I ate, I stayed there. Do you know? Because I just, I had to go for my brother's little son's birthday. Because he said, wait, I called them, I cancelled it. Now, is it right for me to go and go to my brother's? But you see, there's something about when you are serving a man. You study people say, there's honor. We serve, if you cannot serve the person that is physically. That was what Jesus was saying. He said, while I was on it, I was hungry, we did not feed you. And the guys were like, why did we say I not feed you? He said, what did you do to those, those who are, they are men who connect us to God. They are men who are examples of God to us. That day I stood there. Do you know what now happened eventually? After, after some hours, I was like, I want to be going home. It was just like, he wanted me around. We were doing nothing. He just wanted me aside there. And after like two hours, those pastors who were there, pastor I was there, they, they were leaving. I was like, I should follow them now. He said, tell me, wait. I sat down. I was like, my whole day is, I was broken. The next thing just said, I'm going to see Apostle T.D. Phillips. We'll go together. I've been longing to have a one-on-one with Apostle T.D. Phillips. How many of us know it? I've been longing to have a one-on-one with this man of God. Like, I just want to see how this man works and all of that. I just said, tell me, well, I'm going to see Apostle T.D. Phillips. I will go. And one of the reasons we are going there is I want you to meet him. I was like, wow. Okay, sir. Even if it's the tomorrow, no problem. I'll stay here. That's how we stayed. We went to the hotel. We met and just said, this is, I want you to meet this one. This is my guy. This is And that was how I connected the post to pray for me. Now, these are some of the things that faithfulness does to us. So, you don't, you don't serve people from your own heart. In fact, there are times that this will not be convenient, but you just know that I must have that report card of have people. Amen. Amen. So your heart is not your judge in the matters of faithfulness. Your, your heart is not your judge. It's about who gave you the assignment. So let me quickly go to the. I just thought to summarize that from my previous teaching. Character of faithfulness. Amen. Can somebody get anything from that? The Lord will help us to be faithful. Faithfulness is a very tedious stuff, I must tell you. In anything you are given, it's a very, very tedious stuff. But the Lord has given us grace for it. My time is running. You're already giving me a red card. Character of faithfulness. So, number one thing that you see about people who are faithful, that you find with people who are faithful, is just one of the things I've just finished talking about. They don't make excuses. They don't make excuses. They don't make excuses. Ah, they are not in that habit of making excuses. You know, there are people who I, I was formerly, we had a team, myself and uh, Adimola we do ministry around some group. We have some guys who are like our team members. They have this person on the team. We pray, I think, is it every Friday night or maybe once a month, Fridays. Every, every prayer that you have excuse. My network is not good. <laughs> the next one, my battery is low. The next one, I slept for 30 minutes. Like, always. Now, do you know the excuses could be? But do you know what it also brings? You will not be able to count on such things. I'm telling you, the excuses can be very true. In fact, there are times we have genuine excuses. But one thing about people who are faithful now, you can actually have excuses for or against. So, you can stand in the place of, I have an excuse not to do this thing. There's another excuse again, you can have from that excuse that, I, I also do it because of this other excuse. Amen. So, I have the excuse to say, I will not preach because I'm not feeling good. And I also have the other excuse of, if I don't preach, how people be blessed. So, you can rewire your way of thinking in a way that it will 
funnel your faithfulness. Amen. Now let's quickly look at let's look at um, 2 Samuel 23 13. I don't know what is there. What is there? Is there? <laughs> Am I correct? Second Samuel. I didn't reference it, so I can't remember what it said. Yeah. 13. 13, 13. Second Samuel 23, 13, yes. Oh, great. Now, you see, this was a description of the men of David. Now, David got to a point. He said, he's tasty. And he wanted to drink water. And the water is not just, the water is not enough now. Imagine now, I'm the pastor of this church. And I said, I want to drink juice. And I don't want alcohol. I want that juice that they make. There's one juice currently produced in Borno. And I want it tomorrow morning. Ah! And Brother David says, Pastor, I'll get it. We'll go to Bono, and we'll get it for And I'll go by road. Really? That's what David was doing here. He said he wanted to drink water. The one that annoyed him the most. Let's read that scripture. Now, they broke through the host of the Philistines just to do what? Just to get water. Water. Like, now, don't you have an excuse to say, Oga, what kind of taste is that? That every water in Ikeja is not, ah, what's wrong with ever water? What's wrong with all this one? That is now, you know there are people like that. Have you ever seen people like that? They will tell you, the Amala in Ibadan. I have people who live from Lagos. They go to meet Amala in Ibadan. They tell you, they live in Lagos. Drive down to go into Amala in Baden. The first day I heard it, I was like, ah. Now, if you have that kind of master, and one afternoon, he just says, I am so hungry. And you, you just came back from, you just came, and he says, today, what I want to eat is that Amala. Anybody who has gone to Baden, you know Amala sky. And he said, Amala sky, I want to eat. In Ibadan. And you, you just came back from work. And immediately, you know, the first thing that would be about, like, oh, so these guys, they have an excuse to say, sir, I don't understand this kind of case. Something's wrong with you. Look, seriously, there are times we, 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 some of our bosses, even in our natural work, there are times your boss will demand some things from you. There are times you will do some work and your boss will keep complaining. And you'll be like, ah, there's something else wrong with this man. In fact, I've worked in places where I've been driver, I've been errand boy, I've been, I had me, everything. I was just there because I needed to serve my master. Amen. So David asked this guy, and after they brought the water, ah, what did he now do? Yeah. Yeah. Now, after going, do you know what it means to go three men to go to the camp of the Philistines? Just three men. Just because of what? Their master was tasty. Now you went all the way. It's just like you know, the Philistines now in Nigeria, we can say, maybe let's say those who are waging war against us, maybe like Boko Haram or the Fulani. Now, somebody went to, just the same way these US guys, they came and picked their guy in Nigeria. You remember then when this US force, like six of them just came around and they picked. Now, you now see three of us here. You want to go to Borono because your pastor wants to drink Fura. Now, does it make any sense? Now, you now went all the way to Borono. You faced the Bokwara. You now brought the Fura. And now say, ah! I will not eat this thing. I sacrifice it. Now, are you in your, before you, they, you put the water away before them. Now, what should they say? Seriously. See, you know, sincerity. You're supposed to tie that man. Tie the boss. Like, 
Do you know what it meant? It meant they risked what? What did, what did even he, David said, he said, this is their life. That you cannot dream their life. Then he poured it. Ah, faithfully. At the expense of their life, they just wanted to what? Save. These are the same men, when David had issues, and David wanted to go to the war front, they said, no, 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 no. You can't stay in the front. He said, if anything happens to you, then the glory of this realm is gone. But you stay at the back. We will stay there in the front. Faithfully. Always after their masters. They are just, they are just serving. Like, if I die, I die kind of stuff. Now, Esther, sit down, sir. Thank you. Esther was another example. You know, Esther was, was, was now the, the queen. After Vashti messed up. And Mordecai had been the one who was tutoring Esther. And when they sent a letter that they were going to destroy the Jews, Mordecai sent a, a message to Esther. And Esther said to the... Esther had an excuse. There was a law in the land that you cannot go and face the king. It's correct. Now, is that not a valid excuse to say, ah, I cannot do this thing. I'm sorry. But when she got the message back from Mordecai, that see, if you don't do this thing, God will raise another person. Immediately she had a change of heart. And she was able to go and face the king. And nothing happened. You see, you can either make excuse for or you make excuse against. Amen. So, if you understand what faithfulness is, we need to come and do this thing tomorrow in this thing. Ah, and you are like, oh, I already have plans. One of the things that you do as a faithful person is you can easily cancel your plans. I'm telling you. When you are really sure of what you have committed, that's why you don't get into what you are not sure you can commit yourself to. So many of us are just committed to the idea of a thing, not really the thing. So when you are committed to the idea of a thing, you find it difficult to sacrifice for it. So you just love the aura of some things. And like, ah, we are a part of this. We are this. But when it comes to now making the sacrifices for it, you will not be part of it. That's not the heart of a faithful person. So a faithful person don't make excuses. Now ask the person beside you, do you make excuses? If the person says yes, just, just, just slap the person small. Now, if you are sitting with somebody who is huge, you are your own. Amen. Okay, because of my time, let's move to the next one. Did you get that? Now, excuses are distraction and make you unfit for the price. You know, Luke 962 was talking about if you put your hands in the plow and you look back, you are not what? Fit for the kingdom. Excuses are just distractions. Amen. So the second thing is that character of people who are faithful is that they are trustworthy. Ah, they are trustworthy. You can trust them with your life. And it comes from the place of not making excuses. How would I trust somebody who keeps making excuses? I can't. Amen. So you will, you will be trustworthy when you are conscious that there's somebody you are reporting to. Now, let's look at this scripture. It's so, it's so key. It's one of the things that is lost now. When I saw this scripture a long time ago, it has always been my interest. Like, God, this is the kind of people I want to raise. This is the kind of person I want to be. And this is the kind of people I want to raise. Second Kings 12.15. This thing is, is, is almost lost in our generation now. Second Kings 12.15. And I want someone to read very loudly. Second Kings 12.15. Faithful men are trustworthy. Now, let me give you a background to that story. So, they were working at building the temple and all of that. And everybody began to drop funds. People were dropping money. And after all the contributions here and there, those who were in charge of the account, they did not require any, what do you call accounting report? They did not require anything. They did not require them to drop any, how did you spend the money? How did it go? Read that scripture, please. They did not require what? Accounting from the men. Which with the place the money here? Yeah. So they acted in good faith. I need another translation. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. You don't know what that means. 
Now, we want to work. We want to do something. And we say, let's contribute everything we have to Mr. Kenny. Distribute it to. You know, even these days, I was admin, I was in the HR of one finance investment at one time. And this man came to repair ACs for us. And, I, and while he was to work, I'm the one that pays him. The man came to me like, your own share. Eh? I'm like, I didn't ask who. It's like, they already factor the share of all of those who be involved in that in even asking the company for money. So it's like, it's a normal. When I told the guy, I said, my own share. I didn't, I didn't work. For, I didn't do any work. See, I forgot. I need the effort to the job. So before you do stuff now, everybody now has a share. So these guys, they contributed money to them to go and distribute. And they didn't require accounting from them. Why? Because they counted them as people. They count, they just believed and they counted them as what faithful. So they can trust money into their hands. When I saw that scripture, I was like, today is one of the issues we have in the church, accountability. Where people are now, that's why people are questioning us. They say, What are they? We using tight and nothing to do. All of, because people don't see that sense of accountability. But this scripture is saying they don't even need any accounting here. Why? Because the men they give the they know that if we say give ten thousand to this person, they give ten thousand. Give two thousand to this person, they give two thousand. Trustworthy men. And this was the time where there was no Holy Ghost. So today now we can speak in tongues at everything, we can do all of this stuff. But then why are we finding it hard to find men who are like this? Amen. Faithful men are trustworthy men. Trustworthy men, men that you can count on. You know that they will not change the figures. You know that no, if I commit this one to this one's hand, it will flourish, it will not change. Amen. People are doing a whole lot now because of this job pastor. My friend chatted me last week, she'll be leaving next week. It's a female, and a guy gave her the option of they will quickly do this arranged marriage for two million. You pay her two million so that so that they will go together. They just arrange the marriage. So when they get to UK, everybody goes their way. And it's just two million. She said, I said two million. I said, ah, come on, pay me. If some of you must have seen my status last week when I wrote it, I was like, ah, me self, I'm ready. Like two million. And do you know some people who take that offer? And she told me, she said, I'm a child of God. He said, What will I report to Jesus? Ah, and I was like, this is the You know what Joseph said? How shall I do this and sin against my God? Faithful man. Faithful man. See, I'm tired of. No, no, I'm tired of. You know, we have been a generation of people who speak in tongues, who can do, who love the move of God, who love the lack of character. I'm tired, I'm telling you. It bothers me a lot. It's a burden in my heart. How do we have people who. You can move the spirit. You can do this. You lack character. It's something we must return to. Now, we will not de-emphasize the spirit, the supernatural, but at the same time, we also emphasize character. How do we have people who can... You can't trust some people with money. Ah, don't try it. Ah, don't try it. You can't trust some people with money. You can't trust some people with certain things. So until we come back to the place of understanding these things that as a faithful man, I must be trustworthy. Now, can there be a recommendation needed and your pastor can say, I trust that man. She will want me to go for it. Ah, you say, no, I trust. I went to interview some guys. Last week in here, my company is trying to recruit some people and some of the bosses came from South Africa who be the manager. They wanted to recruit this Nigerian guy. Or security. The guy, I just think one number has been calling me since weekend. I didn't know it was one of those Nigerian courses. Nigerians want to recruit for Nigeria. The guy has been calling me, calling me. So when I got to the hotel where we have the interview, he started calling me again. I was number, hello. He said, Ah, it's me. Ah, Mr. Kilby. Most of them, they wouldn't have a very small boy like that because of the role. This is big as well. Because most of them are held down over 46. Hey, Mr. Kilby, I just want to see. They did not call me to the reception. As Nigerians, as Nigerians, as Nigerians. I'm like, what as Nigerians say, hey, give me the trick. Eh? People say, because the other people who do the interview, they are from South Africa, I'm only Nigerian there. 
Say, uh, give me the trick now. We make we know. Ah, no, no, I see the go. And the thing just, just even if sincerely, that alone can make me just even like, look, this is not the kind of person we can work with. Because that already give me a red signal. Like, hey, hope this one will not come now. I will sell the whole company as Nigerians. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, the company is depending on me as the major person in Nigeria who will bring in other people. So I was just like. As in, it's, 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 it's a problem. And we need to come back to the place where we have people who are faithful. Can we have people who we can raise here? And we say, no, if this guy is here, nothing goes wrong. And I trust you enough and say, if you are there, nothing goes wrong. That's the kind of person we should be. The Holy Spirit is not for you know, all the... All the it's to, you know, I, I started talking about the fruit of the Spirit. Faithfulness is one of it. And the fruit of the Spirit is just an expression of diverse things that the Spirit produces to you. So can we commit things into your hands and go to sleep? It's good we have all the healing, healing, this and this. After you are healed, what will you come back to? Oh, you want deliverance, you want this. After you are delivered, you will leave. What do you come back to? Are you the kind of person you can trust with stuff? That's my challenge to you this morning. My time is really up, but I really just we need to wrap this up. And the last thing is just staying. The last character of a faithful person is staying regardless of pressures. Ah, they stay. And this is why I'm going to repeat it. They stay. Faithful people stay. Ah, regardless of the pressures, they stay. Now, do you know how the scripture in Luke 16:10? The scripture was talking about faithful, you know, if you say faithful, the opposite of faithful should be what? Unfaithful. The scripture didn't call it unfaithful. In Luke 16, 10. He called it, some translation called it unjust. Some translation called it dishonest. So if you are not faithful, it means you are unjust. Do you know what it means to be unjust? It means that you are, you know, justice is that, you know why they call God a just God? Is because even when you don't deserve something, God will now do something to make it seem as though you deserve it. Now, Christ is an example of justice to us. Now, we don't deserve to be called sons of God. But Christ died. So, he had to die and take up our sin. So that there may be a tangible reason, a legal reason to say, I'm justifying these guys. So, as a person who is not faithful, if he describes you as unjust, it means that you are not giving God a reason to be merciful to you. So, God is finding a way to bless you. But your faithfulness is an act of unjustness to him that is making it difficult for him. So, I wrote something that sometimes the answer to your prayers for more is to be faithful in the little. So, your faithfulness is actually the answer to your prayer for multiplication. Amen. So, I said the last thing is staying regardless of pressures. Joseph had this time. He had this time. Do you know what it means that there was a time I was doing a study on David. Do you know since when David had been anointed? Since when he had been anointed, but he didn't become the king. Do you know what it means? Yes. So we had a, a, an anointed king who is not a crown king. So there was an anointed king and there was a crown king, a son. Do you know what it means to wait in that kind of situation? I know this is what I'm going to enter into. And I'm waiting for years. Now, not just waiting alone. His life was being haunted. But despite the pressure, David remained faithful. Now, let me divine faithfulness to you from what David did. Now, David had the opportunity to now kill Saul. When he got the opportunity, he was about doing it. And his guys told him. Now, in fact, they even quoted the scripture to him. Now, God has committed your enemy into your hands. And the guy was about doing it. And he said to himself, how will we see the prophet of God? This is, is a man that has been called by God and he resisted himself from doing it. That's a faithful man. His commitment is not to be man, it's to be a word of the God of that man. So a faithful man is not... Now, let's go back to when we were talking about heart and heart. In all truth, with all that Saul had done for that guy, if David had slayed him, would he have been wrong? Because I would, we call it self-defense now in, in legal stuff. Now, somebody's coming every day. 
always breaking my door. You stop. Yeah, if I now slap him, am I wrong? But the guy got to that point because he understood what this thing is really about. Even under pressure, I will stay. He stood with the covenant of God's word. He said, how will I do this? And God now took soil himself. And that was how David became the true crown king. Amen. So faithful people are not people who under pressure they move. They stay. Just like Joseph. How shall I do this? I sin against man. Can we raise faithful men in this church? See, I'm not bothered about see, if we can have if we can have ten of us leave this thing that we are teaching. I'm telling you there will be revival. That's revival. Not that there will be revival. If you can have ten people, just ten, leaving this thing, like leaving this world, that's revival. All this, when we talk about revival, revival, revival is people turning to live as God wants us to live. So if we can have a generation of young people who go out there and stay regardless of the pressures. Now when men see you, they know that this one, ah, this one, <laughs> no, no follow and talk. One of the things I did in my new workplace is I, start, I started registering my, my kind of person. You know, one of the things mistake we do is we don't want people to, to associate you with God. You don't want the way to defeat the enemy is to give it attack first. Don't let it attack you. So the way to do it is when you get to a place, you begin to announce, me, oh, I'm a son of God. So they even know what they bring to you. We were doing just fun week and they say, eh, tell us about this, tell us about that. After I spoke for some five minutes, the next time I was going to talk, they said, ah, he's going to say something that is deep now. And I was the only Nigerian there. And I was like, ah, yes. They brought in the message. And the truth is, I was not preaching. I was not doing anything. It was just normal random question. What would you like to be written in your biography? Ah! My biography. We touch lives. We teach. <laughs> As it, after I talked, why? I said, all of them, immediately I finished talking, they'll just say, hmm. And if every other person finished talking, it was supposed to be a fun, like fun Friday. You just say something that people will laugh. <laughs> but after me, I finished talking, like, hmm. Even me, I was not bothered, like, am I sure? <laughs> I said, I'm like, ah, but I'm funny now. Why is this not laughing? When it was the last question, they just said, ah, you just hope you not say something that is deep again. I said, yes. So I've registered my presence. My boss is somebody who drinks and all of that. Indeed, I was already throwing some things. So he knows the kind of things he will say to me. So he will know that there's something about that. But some of us just want to, we don't want to, so that they will not think I'm spirit coco. See, there's no Christianity without fanaticism. That's to be fanatic about who you are. People must know. I am conservative, no apologies to it. I'm not apologetic about it. You know, I'm planning to go and do my hair like whatever. I've been praying to outgrow my head. So if you see me one Sunday like that, it's no reality. So you know, we need to come to the place where these things are our life. See, whether I'm happy, whether I'm not happy, this is my life. Whether it's fine, it's not fine, this is my life. Whether I feel God is answering my prayers or it's not answering my prayer, this is my life. That's the language of the faithful person. Let's be happy. Now, there's a thing that is called, you know, you've always heard about tears of joy, right? You say, ah, tears of joy, and we always pray for it. There's something called tears of faithfulness. Because in the service yesterday, I heard that. Tears of faithfulness. See, faithfulness will cost you. Faithfulness will cost you. Oh, faithfulness will cost you. You will cry. Because you cannot do certain things, some opportunities will go away from you. You say, what was God doing? Why was God? Yes, because you are faithful. Faithfulness will cost you. It will cost you sometimes disrespect from some corners. People who you think you are better than, they will just talk at you and you think, ha, what's going on here? Faithfulness will cost you. Why is it that my mates are already doing this and I'm not doing this? Faithfulness will cost you. Joseph had this time of tears of faithfulness. How would God show somebody that is going to be the one who will live? He will do this. And the next thing you find yourself as a slave. As if that wasn't enough. From slavery, he became a servant again. As if that wasn't enough. From servanthood, he went into prison again. Faithfulness will cost you. So, 
You see, you have been shown the gospel as though when you give your life to Christ, oh, everything will just be in a jolly, jolly, oh, in Jesus. It's a lie. It will cost you. But you know the most beautiful thing about faithfulness? There's a man holding your hands always. It will cost you. You will cry in your closet. Men will be sharing some testimonies and you will ask yourself, why is my own different? So when we say we are men of faithfulness, it's not that men of things will just be sweet. You have the times. Like I was saying to us, the first message I took, there will be time of you paying for your faithfulness. Faithfulness will cost you. There are things that faithfulness will hide you from for now. And you'll be asking God, why is it not happening? You know, there are, there are joys of people you see now. And you'll be like, why are these people so happy? And it's as though you, you are not happy. Faithfulness will cost you. So, in it all, how you now reap the fruit of faithfulness is that, God, whatever it costs me, I will stay. I will not be like Demas. Paul said, Demas has forsaken me because of the love of the things of this world. Faithfulness will cost you. Yeah, faithfulness will cost you. They will ask you, why don't you even change your church? Go to where men will see you. You will not get married early. Faithfulness will cost you. Why is it that you, you are not doing this, you are not doing that? It will cost you. I tell you guys, it will cost you. But when you stay faithful, you become the topic for people to study. Faithfulness will cost you. So you may be having questions, you may be having things that, you see, compromise will come your way. It's a prophecy, it will come. All of you that I'm looking at, compromise will come your way. There are things that will come your way. If I in this season of the teaching about faithfulness, and it will make you think about, won't I just drop this thing? It will cost you. Many times you feel like giving up. You think it was all easy for David. Even Jesus had this moment of tears of faithfulness. He got to that point. He said, Father, if only this cup can pass over me. When he got to that point, he said, Your will. Your will. Faithfulness will cost you. But the will of God will prevail over your life. Can we pray for strength this morning as I pray this morning? Oh, my passion is that we will raise men of stature here. Not just men who do life anyhow. Men who are faithful who stand. Oh, that when my, when my faith is tested, that I will stand. Faithfulness will cost you guys. Oh, that the Lord will give you the strength to stay. That the Lord will give you the strength to stay. That the Lord will give you the strength to stay. Faithfulness will cost you guys. Ah, it will cost you. See, that you will not fail God. That you will not fail God. That I will not fail God. That I will not fail God. Faithfulness will cost you guys. It will cost you. It will cost you. It will cost you. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Now, as I live here, you know, do you know Saul was destined to be the one that Christ will come to his lineage? And he was waiting for Samuel. Do you know what made him to go and do what he was not supposed to do? He said the people were leaving him. So, people will leave you. This will happen. That will make you to now want to change your standard. And while he was looking at people were leaving. What if they leave me? What if everybody goes? He now stepped into doing what he was not supposed to do. Then immediately after, Saul came. Uh, Samuel came. Samuel came at the point when he compromised. The cost of faithfulness. Faithfulness will cost us. See, it's not rosy. It will cost you. There are times you will cry in your closet. God, why is this thing still dead? Why don't you take this thing away? There are means I could do and get happy. But faithfulness will cost you. Stay. Wait for your son. I will wait for my son. You see, this thing is so heavy on my heart because it's as though I can duplicate this thing into the heart of everybody. That he'll be able to stay in the day of adversity. I'm not saying this to you because I'm holding my I'm talking to myself. That, you know how, how that thing can be so filled of regret. That the minute you now finally compromised, 
Samuel now came. And Samuel said, the kingdom has been torn away from you. Because of just how many minutes, he lost eternal relevance. Guys, I submit to you, as you have taught this month of faithfulness, that you go back and listen to these things and just think about it. That we can reign men who are faithful. Don't forget, it will cost you when you will stand. God bless you. His Great House, the Home of Peace.